Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 42 As a deer longs for flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and behold the face of God? My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me continually, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I went with the throng and led them in the procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of thanksgiving, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise her, my help and my God. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon, from Mount Mizar, deep caused to deep at the thunder of your cataracts. All your waves and your billows have gone over me. By day the Lord commands her steadfast love, and at night her song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I walk about mournfully because the enemy oppresses me? As with the deadly wound in my body, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me continually, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise her, my help and my God. Ezekiel chapter 47, verses 1 through 12. Then he brought me back to the entrance of the temple. There water was flowing from below the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. And the water was flowing down from below the south end of the threshold of the temple, south of the altar. Then he brought me out by way of the north gate, and led me around on the outside of the outer gate that faces toward the east, and the water was coming out on the south side. Going on eastward with a cord in his hand, the man measured one thousand cubits, and then led me through the water, and it was ankle deep. Again he measured one thousand, and then led me through the water, and it was knee deep. Again he measured one thousand and led me through the water, and it was up to the waist. Again he measured one thousand, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the water had risen. It was deep enough to swim in, a river that could not be crossed. He said to me, Mortal, have you seen this? Then he led me back along the bank of the river. As I came back, I saw on the bank of the river a great many trees on the one side and on the other. He said to me, This water flows toward the eastern region and goes down to the Arabah. And when it enters the sea, the sea of stagnant waters, this the water will become fresh. Wherever the river goes, every living creature that swarms will live. And there will be very many fish once these waters reach there. It will become fresh, and everything will live where the river goes. People will stand fishing beside the sea from En Gedi to En Eglaim. It will be a place for the spreading of nets, 
Its fish will be a great, of a great many kinds, like the fish of the great sea. But its swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They are to be left for salt. On the banks, on both sides of the river, there will grow all kinds of trees for food. Their leaves will not wither, nor their fruit fail, but they will bear fresh fruit every month, because the water for them flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be their food, and their leaves for healing. Jude, verses 17 through 25. But you, beloved, must remember the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. For they said to you, In the last time there will be scoffers indulging their own ungodly lusts. It is these worldly people, devoid of the Spirit, who are causing divisions. But you, beloved, build yourselves up on your most holy faith. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourselves in the love of God. Look forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads you to eternal life. And have mercy on some who are wavering. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. And have mercy on still others with fear, hating even the tunic defiled by their bodies. Good morning and welcome to the 31st day of Martintide. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from the Appalachian Abbey in Knoxville, Maryland. <clears throat> this morning's readings, um, I mistakenly took off the last two verses of Jude, my bad. Um, but the readings come to us from the 42nd Psalm, using the feminine pronouns for God. And then also Ezekiel 47 and uh, Jude. Jude only has one chapter, so there's only verses. Um, and the part I left out was actually... Um, important and it reads really quickly now to him who is able to keep you from falling and to make you stand without blemish in the presence of his glory with rejoicing to the only God our Savior through Jesus Christ our Lord be glory, majesty, power and authority before all time now and forever Amen Um, yeah I don't know why I forgot to read the last two lines Um, but this morning as yesterday we're in the third week of Advent and uh, I'm not following Advent as closely as I am Martintide, the 40 days between uh, November 11th, which is the Feast of St. Martin of Tours, and Christmas on December 25th. Um, the 40 days between those two dates, minus the Sundays, uh, historically have been called Martin's Lent or, or Martintide or the 40 days of St. Martin. And historically it's been a time of fasting. Uh, Catholics and sometimes... I don't know if the Orthodox Church does not, but the Catholics still will fast during Advent. Um, on Fridays, they'll eat fish. There's a big, uh, in the South at least, I think they have it up north too. In the South, uh, Catholic churches often host fish fries on Friday because they are to abstain from meat, and fish are not considered meat or flesh. Um, and so this kind of arose out of uh, that tr- the tradition of fasting. And fasting came out of Martintide, um, and we usually think of Advent as anticipation and waiting and longing and looking toward the birth of the Christ child. Uh, We have readings from the Annunciation and Mary's Magnificat, Um, but historically, um, this period of the fall before the church began to celebrate, or before Christmas, the early church would uh, spend the time in penance. Penance was a really popular 
pastime at the early church um, for several centuries, quite frankly. Um, and uh, that came out of this celebration of Martintide. And uh, the last line of Jude that I did read, um, the last kind of couple of lines, um, I found kind of striking. Have mercy on those who are wavering, on some who are wavering. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. And have mercy on still others with fear, (coughs) hating even the tunic defiled by their bodies. So these people, um, the, the third cohort, the first is... Okay, they're wavering, have mercy on them. Then the people are really in danger uh, of losing their salvation, snatch them out of the fire at the last second. But also, there's people who you're confident are just beyond salvation, beyond any hope of moral uh, integrity, still have mercy on them, even if you hate the tunic that's defiled by their immoral bodies. Um, It made me think of uh, of penance and whether or not we are those people uh, for whom tunics might be defiled by our bodies, even if it's just in the eyes of others. Um, or, you know, maybe if, if not that bad, maybe we're those uh, who are um, wavering in the faith uh, or are on the brink of falling into the lake of fire. We always think of the people doing wrong as those other people over there. Um, the Pharisee was confident the publican was wrong and the publican was confident that they were wrong. And if there's anything uh, of, of uniformity in terms of moral integrity in the New Testament, it's if you, if you think you're doing wrong, you're probably right. And if you think you're doing right, you're probably wrong. Um, and it's this encouragement, I think, to humility um, to remember um, that we were aliens alienated from God, um, that by thinking that the problem is in everybody else, that that makes us something of a God, and I think that's idolatry. Um, Another ancient practice that's fallen out of favor, um, perhaps rightly so, um, is the intercession of the saints. Uh, Martin, obviously, is very important to me, to the other hospitalers um, in the uh, community, Um, and Catholic tradition maintains that you can pray to saints and that saints could even pray for you to Christ. Um, the uh, Protestant Reformation really um, dug away at that. Um, the, the Luther and others emphasized that we need no mediators, and certainly I agree with that, but as an Episcopalian, we do still have a really high view of the saints. Um, and I don't I, I make a point of trying to pray with saints or about saints. I don't know if I've done it on this podcast, I'd be surprised. Well, no, I wouldn't be surprised if I have, but my intention is to not pray to saints, even though we might, I might communicate with saints. I don't rely upon them for intercession or, or prayer or stuff like that. Um, but I do have a pretty high view. And that falls in very uh, well with a selection this morning from uh, Kellyanne Wilson of AroundTheYear.org for the 31st day of Martintide. And I'll read that. Uh, it's uh, chosen from a book by Isabella Moriera and Margaret Toscano, or edited by them. Uh, it's called Hell and Its Afterlife, Historical and Contemporary Perspectives, published in 2010. And in that book, they write, quote, 
The idea that all Christians, the saints, had the capacity to intercede for their dead had ancient roots, and the rise of a more professional class of saint mediators in the 4th century simply added another dimension to this notion. By late antiquity, there were few who seriously doubted the power of the saints to intercede with God, not only for the living, but also for the dead. What were the limits of a saint's power? Could a saint rescue a soul not merely from death, but from condemnation to hell? We encounter such a figure in St. Martin of Tours. By examining how Martin's reputation for saving the dead evolved over two centuries, from the 4th century in which his life was first recorded, to the 6th century when his cult went global, we can explore what was at stake in the claim that a soul could be rescued from hell and the importance of the scheme of Christ's descent to the way such a claim was expressed, end quote. Um, what they're talking about in terms of these professional saint mediators may be um, this, uh, the, the twilight of the age of martyrdom and persecution when um, the saints weren't were no longer being most embodied by martyrdom. Martyrdom was hard to come by, and a lot of saints, um, including, for example, Francis of Assisi, went out seeking martyrdom. There's nothing surprising about that. Um, and uh, Martin was one of the first who, um, whose actions before the emperor would have landed him a martyrdom uh, execution, but didn't. Uh, and so he couldn't be called a martyr. So the name that they gave to these men and women who led, led particularly exemplary lives, they called confessors because they did witness to the faith. Uh, they, they, did, uh, they weren't martyrs in that they weren't killed for their faith, but they were martyrs uh, in, uh, in terms of the fact that they witnessed with their very lives, the rest of their lives. And Martin um, is uh, thought to have revived the dead on certain occasions. Um, uh, much like Jesus did Lazarus. Um, but what is more striking in, in my assessment of this reading and Martin's life um, is Martin's encounter with the devil. Uh, Martin doesn't condemn the devil in the many times that uh, he comes across Satan, uh, the accuser. Um, Satan tries to trick Martin, and Martin um, catches him in it. But he never... He never Alarmingly, I'm, I'm struggling to remember a moment in the, past, the, the life of St. Martin when Martin is as vociferous to Satan as he is to just regular demons. And demons will be like, get out of that person, blah, 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 you know, the real exorcist kind of um, dramatic expulsion. Um, but with Satan, he's kind of, he's kind of, kind of goes around kid club. No, he doesn't do that. He's not nearly as, like, animated, except on his deathbed when he tells Satan to go away. Um, but it, it, it strikes me as, like, for someone who went around destroying pagan temples, um, which would have been something like regional speedways or um, maybe Piggly Wigglies or something, like, we think of pagans as, like, a nature religion, but pagan literally just meant uncivilized person out in the outskirts. Um, the, the fervor that he did that with just doesn't seem to match up with how kind of lackadaisical he is with Satan himself. Um, and it reminds me of, of uh, rescuing people from even condemnation to hell. 
of being willing to approach and even uh, embrace in a certain way those that we are confident have doomed themselves. Um, not to turn them away, to give them every opportunity for um, repentance and renewal, um, to um, snatch them out of the fire and have mercy on them, um, those who are wavering, even though we might hate them and everything that they represent, even the clothes on their, uh, the shirt on their back. Um, and this is the lesson uh, of Martin and of uh, our reading this morning in Jude. And the image I selected is also from uh, aroundtheyear.org. It's a picture of the statue at the top of the Basilica of St. Martin in Tour. And it's also um, appropriate because you can see in this image, it's, you know, it's a bronze statue. It's been exposed to the elements. It's showing signs of, of wear. Um, and it's almost as though it needs to be itself snatched from the fire, from, uh, from disrepair and destruction. Um, and if you look up um, Martin of Tours in the Basilica, the statue at the top there, you'll see that in 2016, they had it beautifully restored and all the um, elements of gold that they uh, uh, reapplied gold leaf. Uh, I think they applied a certain lacquer so that the rain wouldn't have the same effect. And hopefully ha they have snatched the statue from death and um, symbolically um, the, the image of Martin being um, spoiled by um, elements of death like moss and lichen um, and decomposition uh, being brought back from the brink because Martin went to the provinces, went to the wilderness to find those who were even nearer to death and to destruction than he was and brought them back. Um, and so it's this beautiful reminder of what love looks like. Not just love of those that we agree with, but love of those who need it. Love of those who don't deserve it um, because of what they've done, but, be, but do deserve it because um, they are, as we are, uh, beloved creatures of God. Collect for the third week of Advent from the Book of Common Prayer. Stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us. And, because we are sorely hindered by our sins, let your bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honor and glory, now and forever. Amen. Thank you for falling into First Formation, where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in first formation in this or any way. 
Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.